Welcome to TLC for the Soul podcast, where soul meets spirit. You have entered into sacred space. I'm your host, Tammy Lynn Chambers, and I'm here to help you shine. Now let's get going on this podcast journey. Hello, friends. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Yet another episode. This is our June energy story. This is part two of something we started last Sunday. And the way these stories are working out is these kind of become, I'm just calling them energy stories, but they kind of become almost like your weekly Um, barometer of the energy that's up ahead for the coming time frame between now and the next energy story. So I am moving. So this is going to be like a moving meditation and I'll tell you why in a minute. But first let's get everyone settled, settled in. If you're new here, welcome, welcome. If you're a returning listener, thank you, podcast family, for joining me yet again as we go through this adventure of this 3D life, or life in the 3D, because it's not a 3D life, right? Much to talk about here, so let's get us all into sacred space. So you can choose to sit back and observe and see what's going on here. Kind of sitting outside the fire circle, wondering what's going on. Well, you're in it, but you're not of it. Kind of feeling. There's some metaphors coming up that I want to share with you all. Or you can choose, 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 choose to join me around the sacred fire as I wrap us all, all of us, in love, light, and light, love. Inviting in the spirit guides, totems, Wisdom keepers, angels, master teachers who would like to join us on today's episode for these messages we have to share. You can choose to take your listening experience an octave higher. Invite in your own spirit guide team to join you on this podcast journey, helping you to decipher and uncover how these messages and this story might play out for you in the coming time frame. These are timeless stories. They can also be used, um, they end up becoming a book and they're written as if they were a book and they do end up becoming an ebook and a book, but they're also written for the time period that we're in. So these are all channeled stories. They come from source, through the personas and the guides in each one, out through me onto the pages via automatic writing and stream of consciousness writing, as are all of my books and stories and things that we do here on the channel. If you enjoy them, you can read all of my ebooks for free. The link to my Smashwords publish, ebook publisher is in my show notes. We've got, I don't know how many books published now, eight or nine, I think, something like that. All with different series, all with different intentions. These are all written with intention. 
I'm part of the high vibe tribe and I only work with the highest energies of love light, light love, those that are here to guide us on our spiritual path, our awakening journey, our ascension path, our path to enlightenment, whatever, whatever way you describe this interesting thing that we're on here together. I have Sanat Kumara coming in very strongly and I am just being bathed in green light right now in this place that I'm standing which is like all green grass under all of these different green trees and I'm standing in front of this tree that has like amazing like green mossy moss all over the bark so the bark just looks like velvety green. So I want to tap into the energies of this week's show. As I channeled the several chapters that we'll be reading here in a moment, and you guys always know that the teaching or whatever I'm talking about in the beginning is just as important as the story itself. It sets the stage. There's messages in there for you. Um, There could be, if you're clairvoyant and I'm talking about things I'm seeing or hearing, clairaudient, You may see or hear those same things too. You may feel yourself being bathed in emerald green, 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 green healing light right now. So I feel like there's a lot of healing going on. And the spirit animal that's coming out right now for this time period, unfortunately, (laughs) is not my friend, the mosquito. And... I want to talk about that right now. So our overarching themes for this month, because everything we do kind of builds on top of each other. And the ocean and selkies is our spirit guides for the month of June. It goes way back to our June energy story, several episodes back, all available in the podcast. If you just scroll back or I've got playlists for them on Spotify playlists for them on YouTube. This podcast is available all major podcast providers. The mosquito. So it's rained like a whole heck of a lot around here. A lot of rain, especially for this time of year. Usually we get the major rain like in the springtime, like in March, but for whatever reason, that didn't happen and it all kind of moved to late May, early June, which is fine by me because it keeps all the horrible heat away that I don't like. Um, But because of where I live, I live around a bunch of rivers and I live, my house is right by a dry creek bed that gets filled with water when it rains and mosquitoes are everywhere. And I just now looked up um, mosquitoes. Let's see. I don't try to, I don't, I'm gonna just read a couple of little things here that I found and then I'm gonna share my own interpretation of the mosquito. Um, The mosquito is tiny, but that doesn't mean the insect can't pack a wallop when it bites you. Mosquitoes have six legs Six in the major arcana of the tarot is the lovers, of course. Here we go. The lovers card speaks of important decisions regarding relationships. 
But when mosquito appears as an animal spirit, for some people, it may indicate being, quote unquote, bitten by the love bug. While for others, it might mean pesky issues arise, which will require addressing before the relationship can deepen or thrive. Now, this is especially important today um, that I'm recording this. So they have six legs. Six is the lovers in the tarot. Today that I'm recording this is 6-6. And um, one of the way showers that I watch, um, Pink Bella Aloha Therapy, she did a reading the other day and she's like, 6-6 is the an energetic portal for twin flames and I was like oh you guys (laughs) you know me and my twin flame stuff I I try to like not talk about it and I always come back around to it and of course I am a twin flame so um, I shouldn't be like thinking that that's not going to come up in the work that we're doing Um, I know it doesn't apply to everyone here but relationships of some sort do apply and I will share that just because you may You may be a twin flame whose twin flame journey has not been activated yet because that was me for the longest time. I was on a spiritual journey. I didn't care anything about twin flames. Didn't matter to me. I was like, oh, that's nonsense. And then um, on the 8-8 portal in 20, I don't know what year, 2018, yeah, my twin flame journey got activated like from one minute to the next. It just like a whoosh of energy and all of a sudden I was on the twin flame path and suddenly it became very, very important to me. <laughs> I had no idea why. So it was just a part of my um, soul blueprint that needed to wait for a specific um, energetic gateway, and then it all got switched on. So just because right now, if you're hearing this, you're like, oh, that's not meant for me. Um, well, you may be here listening to this for a reason. Also, Twin flames have, why are we talking about twin flames? And they're like, keep going. That's why Sanat Kumara is here. So Sanat Kumara is part of my twin flame team, spirit guide team. And so I was just going to roll with this. I'm still reading the story. It's still applicable, but um, they're wanting me to talk about all of this right now. So um, just because there's so many nuances of the twin flame journey and it's so different for everyone. And I'm walking right now and I'm seeing a, <laughs> license plate with 555 on it and it's filled with green 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 it's a very interesting license plate but it's got a lot of green and blue and it's got 555 and the number two two. I don't want to read the whole thing but it's got a two and it's got 555 on it very interesting so I said this is a moving meditation the mosquito having to do with love relationships Um, our guides coming in, twin flame journeys being very different for those of you involved. Um, There's so many nuances of it. Some of you only will be working with your twin in the 5D. Some of you may be part of a twin flame relationship where one soul chose not to incarnate in this lifetime and works with you through the 5D and through the astrals. And that's how you work together. Some of you, you're twin. You were a part of a twin flame journey and your twin has passed over to the other side and you are still working together. That journey never disconnects. Um, Oh my God, I'm getting emotional. Okay, and some of you are preparing to come into what's called reunion where you um, maybe haven't met your twin yet 
Some of you have met your twin, but you're in separation and you're getting ready to come back into reunion and communication again. And others of you are in communication and are getting ready to come into union, which is where you physically come together and decide, okay, we're doing this, you know, we're going to start a life together. We're going to get ready, get working on our soul mission and all of that good stuff. So many nuances. So today, Pink Bella says, okay, today's a, the energetic portal, 6-6 six, six for twin flames who are getting ready to start the next leg of their journey. So I'm like, yay, I'm excited about that, I think. Um, I am a twin flame in, I don't even know what I'm, I've only had contact with my twin in the 5D and in telepathy. I don't know this person name but I don't know them at all in this lifetime other than I know their energy so if that energy were to step forward now I would know exactly who that person was but anyway and I have been in separation with this person telepathically we had a very rich telepathic um, communication going on where we would meet and talk every day telepathically and then our guides said you are getting too codependent on each other telepathically you can't you can't do this and so we were put into separation where I was told like you cannot telepathically contact this person um, for there was a certain period of time and they were like that you cannot and so I trust my guides I trust the guidance that I'm giving and so I abided by that and that allowed our journey to go into a whole other place where we were able to do our healing work individually and we were able to the other party involved realized like they had a lot of work to do on their ascension and they couldn't just sit around and play games and pretend <laughs> anymore they had to like actually do the work and not just say they were doing the work so why are we saying all this let me just check in with the guides that are here okay so they just wanted me to share all that to get us all on the same page with those of you that are listening, that we have entered a new energetic space um, where journeys are going to start taking a turn for the better, <laughs> they're saying, because there's soul missions involved. All right, here's the other thing they want me to share. These are soul missions involved. It's kind of like you two, if any of you are familiar with the bringers of the light story, I kind of say like this soul work is not just you coming to earth to have a physical 3d experience it's almost like um i keep saying it's a business but they're saying it's not really a business it's like you know we're the federation of light or the bringers of the light it's a it's a oh okay so many chills so when you think of like star wars and you think of like you know the the light versus the dark they were like one big team uh warriors of light and everybody had a role to play but there still were you know commanders and princesses and higher echelon and there were still like fighter pilots and all of that well that's how that's how this is right and there's everybody has a mission to complete of some sort and that's exactly <laughs> the people that wrote those stories that's exactly what's happening here we've come we've come to have an individual 3d experience on Gaia but those of you that are here as light warriors have specific missions to complete. Some of them are solo missions and you create that whole soul blueprint for this lifetime before you even get to the planet. 
And so you're living that out now. You, you've crossed or entered into some energetic portal gateway where your spiritual journey was activated, turned on, and now all of a sudden you realize you're remembering who you are, what all your gifts are, what all the things are that you came to heal. Many of you are healing ancestral lines um, that will affect the past, present, future, and multidimensional parallel lives. So it's a very, very important journey. And some of this journey, if you're a twin flame, was meant to be carried out with a partner. So you're not just here to hook back up with this twin flame partner and have a love relationship. Like you've got work to complete. And there is a very specific, it's starting to rain now, there's a very specific map out of work that needs to be done. And it gets very complicated um, up in the higher realms when they are working with the twin flame relationships. It's a staggered approach as to who, who awakens when, who comes into union when, um, it can't, everybody can't all be in union at the same time. There's like this staggering of, you know, some people are healing, some people are in union, some people are working on their mission. It's all being managed from a big, I was an IT project manager for many years, and it's all being managed like a big giant project. It's, I can see it, and they've shown me this little map before. And there's a staggered timeline for when these unions will come into being and, and when these soul missions for Twin Flames will get turned on. Until then, you're kind of in a waiting room of sorts, but you're not waiting, right? Because you're working on yourself. You're doing things that need to get done for your own soul journey. And if you are not in a Twin Flame relationship, then Source is sending you someone who will kind of mirror your twin's energy because maybe you and your twin decided, okay, we're not. This is a decision that was made that we won't come into physical contact in this lifetime. We're going to be here. We're still energetically connected, but we're going to work separately on Gaia and we're going to, um, a green car just came in. We're going, (laughs) we're going to, um, we're going to do this work separately, but the other person involved may be like, I don't, um, I don't want to be alone. I wanted to work this journey with somebody else. And so you may decide at that point, you know, I want a soulmate and source will send you a soulmate who will be like a mirror of your twin flame, um, who will help you on your soul journey going forward. So, let me see. I'm going to find our story. So, it's very interesting. Someone just kind of showed up. And it's, I have to say this because I think this is part of the... Everything that happens during the podcast is part of the podcast. But I live around like some office space. So... There's like these little offices or whatever. People have like little tiny small businesses like insurance sales and all that stuff. There's like some medical bills. There's a lot of medical offices here too. There's a lot of older people where I live. And so there needs to be like a lot of medical offices. But thankfully on the weekends, they're all closed. So like nobody's around. But except for this one office space that's some sort of medical, I don't know, like 
PT, physical therapy place or whatever. But this person that just drove up, I have to say, this person that just drove up is always here all the time. I swear he lives in there. Even though it's an office space, I swear he lives there. His car is always here. And right now I saw him come out with a backpack and like food and go inside. So it's like he's always in there. So it's like a single guy kind of like married to his work. I'm sure he does work in there too. But how boring is that? Okay, you guys. That's, I don't know. Maybe some people are happy like that. I can't judge. But I I must say like he just seems so forlorn with his little backpack and everything. He just seems like such a lonely little life. This is coming up for somebody like at your job all the time no thank you okay anyway so the way these stories work we're going to read them spirit will help me interject with any metaphors or messages that might be pertinent for you if you don't care about all that stuff um, then they're just a fun story Um, these are building so I want to go back to where we were at um see so Jenna so before we before right before this Jenna's mom Jenna is our divine feminine in this story Rutger O'Malley is our divine masculine Jenna had gone home to feed her cat familiar Merks and her mom had called her and said you know I've got something for a present for you and it was a ticket two tickets for a tall ships cruise because right now for the month of june adventure and fun is part of our mantra we're trying to have adventure and fun um oh let me talk about that too sorry um sorry not sorry um if you listened to sisters for the sword and you joined the scavenger hunt then you should have by now found your three items that were part of the scavenger hunt because we're building on this too This week coming up, we'll be doing the Divine Masculine part of this whole fun adventure where he will get downloaded with a um, treasure map. If you're a Divine Masculine, you might want to follow that. But I already found my three items. I haven't posted them yet because I haven't been very active anywhere right now. I've just been really, really tired. I've been working with a lot of physical healing. Um, I have a lot of um, spinal stuff going on a lot of upgrades to my spine and I've been working with a posture specialist and so I've just been trying to deal with all of that strengthening um, my spine and all of that so I can get rid of some of this um, (laughs) some of the pain around that area so that's taken a lot of my time and it's actually (laughs) it's fun but at the same time quite tiring so anyway so I have been very active but I found my three things And I'm going to share those in the next Divine Masculine SOS episode, what my three things are, because they relate to what the Divine Masculine's treasure map is. Um, So if you haven't done that yet and you want to participate, you can go into the um, Sisters of the Sword episode. If you don't, you should listen to the whole darn thing. But if you don't, then you can kind of get closer to the end and we talk more about the scavenger hunt. In the beginning, you should listen to it if you haven't, um, because we're releasing old vows and contracts of um, having to do with relationships. These are past life things that we released and we kind of did it in a fun way. And I think a mosquito already bit me. Bitten by the love bug. 
All right, so Jenna's mom, back to Jenna. Jenna's mom had two tickets for her and Rutger. Rutger and Jenna are twin flames who are in separation right now. They didn't understand why. Jenna just suddenly broke up with Rutger. And I think it had something to do with these past life vows that we actually cleared in Sisters for the Sword because she had some weird dream where she had vowed that she was never going to love again. She didn't want to have a family ever again, all of these things. And that was somehow subconsciously impacting her in this life to where she was pushing away anybody who might get too close to her. And she really liked Rutger. She didn't know why she broke up with him. And so then her mom, the spirit guide mom, steps in. She's not her spirit guide. She really is her mom. But called her, bought her some tickets for this cruise and said, you should go on this cruise. You should get away and have some fun. You should invite Rutger to go with you on this cruise. And Jenna was like excited by that. But she's like, well, I mean, we're separated. Rutger, when we last saw him, is off on his own spiritual journey on some spirit river somewhere. We left him. Um, we're going to come back to him soon. I think next stories, we're going to come back to him. So she's wondering, like, well, how could I even contact him and get him to come with me on a cruise? Because the cruise is booked for, like, a week from the, a week out. So we still don't know how she's going to do that. And then we have this whole other kind of storyline that eventually will converge. So this is important. Storylines separate right now. And then storylines converging. That is an important part of what's going on in the timelines right now is a lot of us are running on separate timelines you and other people but who are meant to converge in the future so I have done energetic work before where I have taken I've worked with the fates and the weavers the timeline weavers um sometimes they're called the three fates like she who weaves she who cuts she who I don't remember all of the different ones there's one that like weaves the timeline, one that like, oh, one that she who measures, one that measures the length of the timeline and one who cuts, one who decides when it's going to end. Oh, I got so many chills. Um, so I've worked with them before to create new timelines and plot convergence points down in the, like up in the, you know, future. And so that's what's kind of happening here is Rutger and, um, Jenna are working on separate timelines, but there's a convergence point up ahead somewhere. And somehow, <clears throat> Dartmoor, our Selkie, fits into this. She's been introduced into the story as our spirit guide of Tessa Locke for this month. But she has her own weird story going on, and I've yet to understand how these three come together. So that's where we left it off. It's a little bit more lighthearted, these next two chapters. Still leaving me with a little bit of mystery because my guides know I like a little bit of mystery and a little bit of darkness, which I'm like, okay, no, there's a little bit of darkness has to be in here too. But let's see what's going on. Oh, and then Dartmoor, someone had found her out. So last time we saw Dartmoor, she had swam up onto the beach, taken off her selkie seal skin, went to hide it, went to get her clothes in a backpack that she always keeps. And um, a note was on her backpack saying, you know, I know who you are, basically. Um, watch out because you've been seen. Don't allow yourself to be seen. Um, this is my territory and all of that. And she works with a walrus who is her, like, spiritual mentor. And we also met Jean Lafitte, which I have yet to do anything with that. But there was pirate treasure involved as part of that last chapter. So then I'll just read the last little bit there from the last time we left off was 
Dartmoor had work to do and some slightly threatening note wasn't going to stop her. She needed to attend an event and that was where she had been told that she would meet up with him. And when she did, there would be hell to pay. So now we drop in with chapter 11, The Party. Jenna left her home and headed up to the shops. The streets were empty as she walked and she felt like she was being followed. That strange feeling you have when eyes are on your back, she thought, as she turned to look behind her. She saw no one and she kept walking as a song came into her mind. The Look of Love by ABC played inside her mind as she tried to recall the lyrics. Where did the song come from? She wasn't sure. She didn't really vibe with 80s electronica, so she pushed the song aside as it continued to get into her mind. That's the look of love she kept hearing as she still felt like she was being followed. She turned the corner to Ambrose Street and the array of shops opened out before her. She loved that there were no big box stores in her area and that she could venture into each little storefront and talk to the owners themselves. Everyone had a specialty to sell and she stopped in front of the fish store Fish and chips for the eclectic was the sign over the door. She laughed lightly to herself as she wasn't really sure how that played into the picture. She had tried to talk the shopkeeper into telling her why that was there, but he shushed aside her questions with a, it's all part of the magic response. That was how most of the shops here were, a magical this and that, and a spooky bits and bobs shop were all over the town. She loved her little town by the tour. She picked order number five, the tour tower. You guys, this is channeled, but that's, I mean, number five is the card. Isn't that the tower card? I don't know, anyway. She picked order number five. We just saw 555 earlier. The tour tower, a bit redundant, but a steaming pile of crackling, crunchy fish and chips were the end result. She paid for her dinner and went outside to eat at the main square. There were tables and chairs set up, so each restaurant didn't need some of their own. And there was a quirky girl, Sarah Jane, who cleaned up the tables after you were done. Now, I have to say that the pat we are in a bunch of retrogrades right now. I don't even want to spit them out or speak to them, but a lot of us are being taken back. So I told you these stories are like the energies of what's kind of playing out right now, kind of into the coming week until you hear the next one or until you hear the next one. And with so many retrogrades, we're being taken back to a lot of different things, to nostalgia, to clean up old stuff, to clean up old relationships, to healing, you know, all this yada, 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 grief work. Um, and I was really kind of chuckled a little bit at, chuckled, do I chuckle? No, I don't chuckle. I kind of go off a little bit. <laughs> chuckled is somebody else. Chuckled is not me. Um, I kind of laughed a little bit. Um, because the guides brought in a couple of my favorite um, stories with several of the references that were here. So I just wanted to speak to that for a second. So Ambrose Street is a story that comes out. I love Alfred Hitchcock. And so Ambrose Chapel was a street in, um, is it The Man Who Knew Too Much with Jimmy Stewart and Doris Day? I watched that movie so many darn times. Um, Ambrose Chapel was like a whole big, this is important they're saying, Ambrose Chapel was Oh, I'm getting so many chills. Ambrose Chapel, they thought, was a street. 
but was really a church. And they went on this wild goose chase of trying to find out who had kidnapped their little boy. And they were like looking in the wrong place. So this doesn't have to do with kidnapping, but it has to do with kind of you looking in the wrong place for something. So because it was like something so close, it was like they thought it was, they just heard Ambrose and they didn't know, like when the, the guy that was dying told Jimmy Stewart, you know, this coded message of in, you know, espionage and all that. Ambrose was this thing he was supposed to look for, Ambrose Chapel or whatever, I can't remember. But when they go to look for it, they think it's a street. They look it up and they think that Ambrose is a person on a particular street and it ends up being that it's a church that they need to find. So I don't know why it's important for somebody, but it's like you're kind of looking in the wrong place. And it's like, it's it's called one, oh yeah, and then a huge, hold on, the vulture. That is not a vulture, what is that bird? Yeah, it's like a huge kind of a vulture bird. It has to do with cleansing and clearing, just flew over. Okay, and then let me just move on to that one. The other one is Sarah Jane. So Sarah Jane is a character in the Doctor Who, like the vintage Doctor Who, like the, um, oh God, Tom Baker Doctor Who, like from the 70s. And she had her own spinoff series, which was really fun too. Like I love all the BBC. I love BBC stuff. I'm telling you, this is my town. Like I really need to go live. Like that whole line is me over there. And all my ancestry is from the UK and Scotland and Ireland. Like 90% of my blood ancestry is from over there. So I have a very big call to all of those things. And um, so Sarah Jane, I really like her character. She was like an older lady. And she like solved all these galactic, you know, mysteries and stuff. And she met up with fun beings and all of that. So we have Sarah Jane. She's working, kind of cleaning up um, and maintaining the area where people come together as a community to eat their food from this. And look at the tour. So let me just jump back in. So Sarah Jane cleaned up the tables. Each table was decorated with small vials of local flowers and something of the current season. Being summertime, Sarah Jane had placed little dolphin statuettes on each setting and the paper napkins had mermaids printed on them. Jenna sat down with her tour tower and pulled open the bag of crunchy delights. She still had that strange feeling of being watched, but she set that aside as she ate and watched the townsfolk walk by. And then she saw him, not Rudker, but her old flame, Brian. He was walking towards her with his latest girlfriend, Penelope Von Winslow, and they were smiling from ear to ear at her. Jenna, hello, Brian said as he stood to greet the two. I've got great news, he said, beaming. Pens and I are engaged, he said with way too much exuberance for her. Penelope beamed and thrust out her hand to display the rock a two-carat behemoth of a diamond that made Jenna recoil. That could have been me, she thought, as she hugged the pair, not in disgust, but complete relief that it wasn't her. She had determined after several months of dating the young millionaire that his kind of money and lifestyle just weren't meant for her. She wanted a beautiful, comfortable life, but not at the expense of her character. She would not be someone else's arm candy. Penelope blushed and twittered, and Jenna felt relieved when they said their goodbyes. Her chips were getting cold. She returned to the table and her food, all the while continuing to hum that blasted song, 
she would need to look up the lyrics. That's The Look of Love by ABC. Somehow this two carat diamond plays into something here. I don't know how, it's the number two, I think. Two, two, two. So you may be seeing the number two, 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 two. <laughs> We're definitely seeing fives right now, which is all about change. All right, let me just check my recording time. All right, so let's finish up with chapter 12, Dartmoor Sings. Dartmoor made her way from the beachfront to the street. She had to get to this party and fast. It had been downloaded to her mind that she was a guest of the owner who was having the party. But beyond that, she couldn't recall as the sound of the ocean was still strong in her heart. She held a cab and recited the address as her walrus guide gave it to her in her thoughts. How long had she known him? She couldn't recall. Had he always been a walrus? She wasn't sure, but she knew that she trusted him more than anyone else she knew, so she just kept accepting his help. The car, st oh, there's such parallels here, you guys. I have to say it, should I say it? Okay, so I the parallels are to Tambor and Jameson, okay? When, and I don't know if you're familiar with that story. If you're not, it's all back in the podcast in January and February. We did Tambor and Jameson, but the overall premise was Tambor was the girl. Jameson was trying to escape his past and had signed on with the bringers of the light to be her hawk familiar. And they worked together and she didn't know that he was her twin and he didn't want to know that she had anything to do with him romantically. So this, somehow this walrus <laughs> comes into play here. So she didn't know that, so Dartmoor didn't know who this walrus was, but she trusted him more than anyone else she knew. So she just kept accepting his help. The car stopped at the gates of an exquisite home in the Dartmoor countryside, a place she knew well and how she came to call herself by the same name. Eons ago, it seemed, someone had brought her here against her better judgment. She thought she was in love but he only wanted to keep her to himself. He was jealous. These are things I think that are coming up need to be healed. He was jealous of her intensity and had taken her seal skin one night when she wasn't aware. She had returned to her hiding spot and the skin was gone. He had walked up behind her with that silly grin she came to despise. She was bound to him and she stayed that way for who knows how long. But Dartmoor wasn't like others of her kind, content to settle down with the mortal who had stolen the very part of herself that made her all she was. No, she bided her time and watched him, secretly following him and keeping track of everyone he came into contact with. She would have her moment and would win her freedom back, and that was her primary objective. And then one day, when he thought she wasn't looking, he had accepted a call from a local antique shop. She had heard him talking to the man on the other line, and she heard him set up a special meeting. Oh, hold on, I need to stop walking for a minute. Okay, let me come under these trees. I'm getting kind of dizzy. It's not hot, it's just moving and channeling and reading. Okay, I'm gonna stand still. So, someone was setting, so this guy was setting up a special meeting. Well, Dartmoor decided she was going to be at that meeting too and she would most certainly win her freedom back. And so she had followed him as he made his way to the secret engagement. 
and she had waited patiently as her pelt was displayed and ooed and awed over. He was going to trade her very life for a few paltry sums of money. Oh, she was sure to him it was significant, for to have an authentic sulky pelt was something one didn't come across every day. But she was darned if she would be trapped with this mortal and away from the very heart of her being, the sea. She had placed the small gun in her purse. He had foolishly left it sitting on his bedside table. Such was his glee over selling her treasure. When the two, two again, were in the next room debating over the price of something priceless, she dashed inside the room and made away with her magical essence. They were so busy counting cash and deciding how they might make even more money together, they hadn't even noticed her coming in. She was down to the water and had slipped back into the depths of it before they even realized the skin was gone. By then it was too late. She had fooled the foolish for one could never really keep something that didn't truly belong to them. Her heart would never be sold, squandered, or relegated to anyone but the sea. And she laughed as she swam, imagining the look on his face when he found her gone. And it was from this feel of betrayal and loss that she returned. She had come back to Dartmoor for him, the millionaire who so wanted to possess a part of her at all costs who would have done anything to have her to himself. She would finish this tonight at his so lavish birthday party, and then she never need think of him again. Okay, guys, I don't know where this is going. I'm wondering, like, is this millionaire the same millionaire that just got engaged, that kind of showed up while um, Jenna was eating her fish and chips? I don't know if it's Brian, whoever. Um, so, oh my God, so much happening there. So there's messages in there for some of you having to do with jealousy and loss and, um, people betraying you and all of that good stuff. And I am going to let you think on that and make my way back home because I'm feeling very drained right now. Um, that was a lot. So I am going to see you all next week for um, Divine Masculine SOS. And until then, I bid you all a fond farewell. And we will see you again soon in the next episode. Take care. This episode has been brought to you by Mugwort Mavens. You know who you are. All those not-so-normal people out there who just are a little bit more magical than some of our other worldly folks. Mugwort Mavens is here to support you with whatever your magical needs are, be it a sprig of mugwort, a mandrake root, or a blessed belladonna flower. Come to Mugwort Mavens for your magical needs.